You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Tuesday, game day here in the Crescent City, or at least up north, I guess, in Canada, as it's the opening night of the regular season, your New Orleans Pelicans traveling for the ring game against the Toronto Raptors. I'll preview that in the third segment coming up here, but first, we've got some news on the Zion injury. Yes, out six to eight weeks torn meniscus. I'll let you in on what we know here, what it likely means for this team as well, now that some of this is kind of out in the open. And then we'll talk about Brandon Ingram, some extensions, and a couple of other things going on with this team in the second segment. So let's dive into everything in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So the biggest news of the day is not the game tonight, but instead is the Zion Williamson injury update. This came from Pelicans PR a little bit earlier today saying, quote, Zion Williamson underwent successful arthroscopic surgery today to address a torn right lateral meniscus. The routine debridement was performed by Dr. Jason Folk with assistant from team orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Misty Surrey. The timetable for, for his full return to play is estimated at six to eight weeks. And quote. We knew something was up. Rumors started coming out Friday and over the weekend over what this injury could be. At first, it was listed as knee, as knee soreness. Then Woj tweeted out on Friday that, yes, he avoided a severe knee injury. And now the next update we get is that he had surgery, not will be having surgery, but had surgery. This is probably the first real bad PR mark from the Pelicans under the David Griffin regime. I I don't think there's any other way to say this. You know, Friday they were like, oh, we don't know what's going on. We have to wait for some more. And then it's Monday morning. Hey, he had surgery. It's already been done. He's out six to eight weeks. They kind of knew what was going on. I think they just, for whatever reason, kind of wanted to delay it till maybe after the surgery, what have you. Also, this is a matter of semantics potentially too, where, you know, is a torn meniscus where you have surgery considered a severe injury or not? Up for debate, I guess. So we knew some stuff was going to come out that something was kind of a little bit weird about the whole situation. And well, here you go. And I've talked now a couple days in a row about whether this could be good or bad for the Pelicans. It's really only bad. There's no other real way to put it. But I said maybe their defense gets improved because he's out there. And originally was going to have Scott Kushner on the show here with me recorded about 27 minutes. And for whatever reason, my recorder decided to only pick up my audio, not his. So I'm going to try and paraphrase something that he basically said on the pod, the the hypothetical podcast that you're not going to hear. And we'll get Scott back on sooner rather than later. And he basically said like, yeah, maybe their defense improves in the short term through these first two months of the season, which Zion could be out for. But does that really matter? And it's a very good point because he goes on to say that, well, if you want Zion to improve defensively, the only way that that's going to happen is if he's playing. 
And if he's not playing for two months, it probably sets him back in that regard, learning everything that Jeff Bizdelic wants, meshing with some of these other guys. And basically, it's just not a good thing overall for the Pelicans that he's going to be out. He also did not like how they handled the press releases and all of this stuff either. We both kind of pointed out that since that initial PR blitz that David Griffin went on, you've heard this team get a little bit more quiet. And you're not hearing um, Griff talk nearly as much. You're not hearing from some of the ancillary people either as much, the um, assistant coaches or anything like that. It's kind of just been silent now that they've shifted in towards the regular season and gearing up for all of that. And I wonder if this is going to be the case going forward. I said, keep an eye on how they handle all of this. Clearly, they knew something was wrong the other day. I don't know why they didn't necessarily announce something then or just waited till the surgery was successful or didn't uncover anything worse. But this wasn't handled the best. It was kind of interesting to see how they do it. This could mean how they handled these things going forward. But clearly, they knew what was going on. So the only way to describe this injury is this sucks. This sucks for everyone. We wanted to see Zion. The team wanted him out there on the court to start you know, seeing him play in real games and do all that. And clearly, they planned on using him a lot based on how he did in preseason. And now you don't get that. And I've said before that they're trying to figure out what works best around him. They obviously want to play that Alvin Gentry style of ball where you get out, you run, you do all of those things. But they also need to figure out what works best around Zion Williamson. And they don't know. Do you need more of a rebounder in the mold of Derek Favors in the mold of um, someone else, or is it you need a shooter, maybe a you know a kind of a small ball four or five in Brandon Ingram next to Zion Williamson, or do you need a guy like Nicolo Melli who can space the court a little bit more effectively than the other guys can? And now you don't get that data from Zion, and that's maybe the most detrimental thing to this team. Yes, their playoff chances take a hit. Maybe the defense improves, but as Scott mentioned, who cares at this point? But they were borderline playoffs already. This injury probably knocks them out of that, but now you don't know what you're trying to build necessarily because you don't have him for two months. So that could be the biggest thing is you're going to be faced with the decision at the trade deadline, which we're going to talk about in a moment because a bunch of rookie extensions and contracts and all of that all got done today, yesterday but not Brandon Ingram. And you need to figure this all out. So we'll touch on that in a moment though. But overall, this sucks. This sucks for the league, for everybody, because it was going to be a lot of fun to see him on opening night on national TV. It was going to be a lot of fun to see Zion uh, at home on Friday for the home opener as well. And now some of the luster of all of that, the shine of that all has kind of gone away. But There are some good things that could come from this. It forces maybe more minutes for Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Could force Brandon Ingram, again, who we'll talk about in a moment, to really step up. And it puts the onus on Drew Holiday to be a consistent go-to scorer. We know he's done it for short bits of stretches here and there, but he has not done that consistently. Is he going to be capable of that? Well, we're going to find out very soon. So if you're looking for silver linings, maybe that. I don't really know. But overall, this just sucks that we're not going to get to see Zion in action tonight. So we'll get to those extensions in a moment here. But before we do that, today's show brought to you by Indochino. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering Locked On at checkout. 
So one guy whose future might get impacted by the whole Zion Williams situation, even more so than he was already impacted by Zion, is Brandon Ingram. And I talked about this the other day saying, you know, I don't think a deal's going to get done with him before the extension, which was yesterday, to give him a, a future contract. Pelicans just don't know what they have in the guy. They have two months of training camp, basically, and five preseason games, which have been a mixed bag as he's, you know, adjusting to the new team, the new role, and all of that stuff. He shouldn't necessarily have looked good during this time, or maybe it would have been a surprise. But a couple deal rookie deals got done that really change his future in maybe not a stay with the Pelicans kind of way, if I had to guess. Buddy Heald got a deal done for $94 million over four years with potential escalators, I think, to uh, 106 in terms of um, incentives and different things like that. Then you also had Jalen Brown agree to a four-year $115 million contract extension that could go even higher than that based off of some unlikely incentives in his contract. That's going to kind of set the bar and the market for this deal with Brandon Ingram. He's not going to, like, everyone's kind of looking at that Buddy Heald contract and being like, wait, really? That's all? He didn't get more than that? And that was my initial reaction, too, that that was a very cap friendly deal for the Kings. And then Jalen Brown gets four years, 115. And you're like, wait, really? But the Celtics didn't exactly have a choice in this given where they are in their salary cap situation. And then a couple other deals got done. And so what this does is completely weakens the free agent class of 2020. Brandon Ingram might be the best player out in there potentially um, because there's no one else. And some team is going to want to wing or they're going to think he's young and that he has a chance of being really good in the future. And they're going to throw a lot of money at him. This is almost a guarantee that it's going to happen this way. And this likely means that he's going to get close to a max deal out there. He's looking at that contract extension for Jalen Brown and being like, no, no way am I going to accept a penny less than that. New Orleans now doesn't know if he fits well with Zion Williamson, what they really have in him, and they lose potentially two months of figuring that out, which maybe means he's up for uh, on the block at the trade deadline. Or if he does get a max deal and the Pelicans don't feel comfortable you know, matching that because he's a restricted free agent and they can, they let him walk. There's, I think, more of a chance of that happening than not because there's no way he's going to accept that Buddy Heal deal. He is looking for the Jalen Brown or more type of contract. Now, he could be worth that and could go out in these next two months and just completely light it up. But he, you know, you've got to wonder if he's going to be that strong of a rebounder in this system. Can he play within the offense and what they want to do? And even if he does well, is he going to be able to do that alongside Zion Williamson? And that's the question. This is not the regime of old where, yeah, they were just going to match Eric Gordon's contract, even though his heart was in Phoenix, because they felt it was like a sunk cost fallacy. And, well, we traded Chris Paul for this. When I was talking to Scott about this, again, to paraphrase, since you guys don't get to hear this one, and I'm going to do my best to make sure you understand what he wanted you guys to know, is that even if Brandon Ingram walks in free agency, the Anthony Davis trade was still really good. You still have Lonzo Ball. You still have Josh Hart. You have all of the picks. AD was only going to go one place, really, and they got as much as they could for him. So even if you let it go, let one guy go, well, you still have a bunch of other stuff. So overall, it's still going to be a successful trade, which means maybe this, this current regime won't fall into that sunk cost fallacy that we've seen before. 
But make no mistake, Brandon Ingram's going to get paid. And the Pelicans don't really know what they're going to have him have in him, and they're not going to even really know what they have in him because he doesn't get to play with Zion alongside Zion all that much right now, which puts the Pelicans in a weird spot. And if I had to guess right now, like gun to head, which luckily I don't, it's probably that he's not going to be on the team pass this year. But that's an end-of-season type of thing that we should talk about. And it's game one tonight, so we are a long way away from the Brandon Ingram decision, and I am purely speculating. And instead, we should focus on that game one. We'll talk about the opening night game against the Toronto Raptors coming up here in just a minute. Before we get to that, though, don't forget, subscribe to Locked on Pelicans here Monday through Friday for you, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. No other podcast coming to you with this kind of Pelicans content. Oftentimes, when my recording stuff works, Really good guess. Again, we'll get Scott back on. We've had others as well. Um, so make sure you subscribe to Locked on Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. So it's a game day here for your New Orleans Pelicans traveling up to the north to take on the Toronto Raptors game one, not just of the Pelican season, but of the regular season in general. I'm excited for this one, despite the fact that you kind of look at this and TNT has got to be upset over what's gone on here, knowing that they have to play as we have a second cat in the house now and it's chasing the first cat around here. So if you hear some noise in the background, that's what that is. Um, So two cats now and a dog. It's just a crazy house. Uh, So again, game one, TNT's got to be upset. So they thought they were going to get Zion to replace maybe the kind of star power of Kawhi Leonard. No Zion, no Kawhi Leonard. Now all of a sudden, the two best players in this game are probably uh, Drew Holiday taking on Pascal Siakam. That's a whole lot less sexy than Zion versus Kawhi. And they do have to basically do the opening game with the defending champs at home. So it's going to likely be a starting lineup of Lonzo Ball, Drew Holiday, J.J. Redick, Brandon Ingram, and then Derek Favors down low. Though Favors has kind of been limited in preseason, saying he's just he's a 10-year vet. It's rest. They don't need to see that much from him. But a little curious now that I don't really... And Scott doesn't either trust this team as much as maybe we did a week ago after this stuff with Zion Williamson. Taking on Kyle Lowry, Norman Powell, OG Anuboy, uh, Pascal Siakam, and then Mark Gasol. So there's still some star power on this lineup for Toronto. But this is an entirely different game than what we were really kind of expecting uh, to start the year and maybe at the end of last season when, you know, we thought maybe they would keep Kawhi Leonard. So this is going to be one of those ones. Can New Orleans still go out and score points and play the type of offense that they want despite not having Zion Williamson in there. And they can get the points other ways. It's going to be, do they have enough rebounding? And that could really be a big issue. Brandon Ingram has not been a great defensive rebounder for his career. It's not been bad, but he's not been great. Um, Derek Favors can help get it done too. So can Lonzo Ball. But man, this is this is intriguing because it's now what do you do? How do you try and, you know, throw lineups out there and start to create continuity when that's all going to get just really mixed up when Zion Williamson comes back? So is that starting lineup going to play significant minutes or are they going to start really rotating through guys trying to see if they can land on a combination that works? And we'll wait and see. I'm going to be really curious to see the type of game that Lonzo Ball plays. He took a lot of three-pointers in preseason, really trying to work through that kind of retooled shot, that relearned shot. You know, there are a couple of times where he's taken seven or eight, you know, but it's preseason. The games don't matter. Is he going to still shoot that often when the game does matter and they're trying to win and in theory have their eyes on the playoffs? 
I'm not so sure. And if he's not shooting threes like that, how does it impact the offense? Does it really constrict things? Does it kind of kill the court spacing? I'm not sure. And I'm going to be really, really curious about that. And how does Brandon Ingram play in this one? Is he going to try and be the go-to guy to go out and score and just get the ball and do his thing? Or is he going to try and play more within the offense, keep the ball moving, do what he does best, which is just kind of facilitate and be the guy to fill whatever role is needed out there, along with being that score? Again, I don't know. He hasn't given us a ton of data, I guess, in the preseason on all of this. And Toronto had a good defense last year. They're still going to be able to keep that up. I'm not so sure, which means I don't know how true of a test this is going to be to really read too much into what we're going to see from New Orleans on offense. Defensively, though, this is going to still be a pretty decent team. Kyle Lowry can score, even if he doesn't score as well in the playoffs. Pascal Siakam just got a max contract extension, as he should. He looks like a very big up-and-coming player. He's going to kind of be the focal point of that. Marc Gasol is still Marc Gasol, and they have enough shooting up there that I think they can really punish the Pelicans if you leave those guys open on the perimeter, something that the Pelicans did a lot of in preseason. So there's still stuff to tell. You know, maybe the defense looks a little bit better now that Zion's not in there, but to Scott's point, yeah, you would just rather have him in there learning and doing it and even making mistakes. So we're going to see where this one goes. It's still opening night. It's exciting. It doesn't, the result doesn't matter as much now that Zion's going to be out for again, six to eight weeks, but it could be on the earlier side of that. So we will see. I'm excited. We're going to see some Nikhil Alexander Walker in this one. Can Drew Holiday consistently be the guy? Hopefully he can. This is a good test with Kyle Lowry, who's not bad defensively either. So it's going to be a fun one. 7 p.m. Enjoy the game on TNT tonight. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow to recap the game. <laughs>